0: Greetings and welcome to the Random History Podcast. Today I will be continuing, not with my series, but my podcast on essentially historical figures, a little bit like their lives, their achievements, what is their reputation. And I will be focusing on Peter the Great, also known as Peter the I, who is famous for his leadership of what was first the Russian Tsardom, sar- s- but later became the Russian Empire, and for essentially re- revolutionizing Russia and replacing much of it and reforming a lot of the government in a way that basically benefited and improved the Russian nation. So, little talk a little bit about his early life, so he was actually named after the apostle of the Christian faith, St. Peter, and he would be born on the 9th of June of 1672. And for much of his early life, he would spent he would be educated from by various tutors and Various disciplines, academics, the military, diplomacy, all types of things that really a king needs to know. And he would be ed- educated by various generals and diplomats, usually. But also a couple of, like, academics, of course. And on the Janu- on the 29th of January, I was about to say on the January of 29, I don't know why, but I almost did. On the 29th of January, 1676, his father actually died and this left sovereignty to Peter's older half-brother, Fyodor Third of Russia, who was actually quite weak and sickly. And throughout this period, partially due to Fyodor's issues, the government was largely run by a man who was Artemov Matveev, and he was a friend of Peter's father and the political head of the Narishkin family, which was a pretty big noble family. And he was also a very important figure in Peter's childhood, as Peter's father died when he was only four. So he definitely helped out Peter and kind of taught him a bit about stuff. However, the position changed as Fyodor Fyodor would die in sixteen eighty two, and he did not actually have any children. As soon enough, a dispo a dispo- a dispute arose between two Russian families over who should, over two Russian nobility families, the Miloslavskis and the nariskin families, over who should inherit the throne. As technically, Ivan V of Russia, who was Peter's other half brother, was in line for the throne, but he was chronically ill and, um, of. It was not exactly right in the head. And. Soon enough, the Boyar Council, which was just the um, council of all those Russian nobles who kind of just got together, they would choose the 10-year-old Peter to become Tsar with his mother as his regent. And this arrangement would be brought before the people of Moscow, as the ancient tradition actually required that essentially they get it ratified. And there were some issues, however, as Sophia, was one of Alexis's daughters, from his first marriage would lead a rebellion of the Streltsky, which was just this, essentially, elite military corps of Russia, between April and May of 1682. And in the subsequent conflict, Peter would lose several of his friends and relatives, and he would also witness some of these acts of political violence himself. And among the dead was Artemon Matviv, who was a big deal in the government of Russia, and the Streltskys, the rebellion made it possible for Sofia... And the clan of the, the Miloslavsky clan, which was Ivan's clan, and of course the collective allies, that basically say that Peter and Ivan be proclaimed joint czars, with Ivan being acclaimed as the senior and therefore the supreme one. Thing to know is that during the minority of the sovereign Sophia would act, rule as regent and would essentially be the autocrat. And thing to know is that she would actually cut a hole. And the throne, the Dolce throne that Peter and Ivan would use, and she would sit behind as Peter talked to the nobles and give them information and and various other things, and they can actually see the throne in the Kremlin armory in Moscow. And the thing is that Peter was not actually super concerned that others were really rolling his name and as a child he did a lot of kind of various things. So he would do like various childlike things, toy battle Toy mock battles, sailing, shipbuilding, blacksmithing. However, Peter's mother really wanted him to rule as a more conventional looter, so she ended up arranging his marriage to a woman known as Eudoxia Lopuknia. However, Peter did not really like her, and the marriage kind of failed. He would actually eventually force her to become a nun, that way he could be free from the marriage. But by the summer of 1689, Peter had definitely wanted to kind of take power again. He wanted to take power from his half sister, of course, Sophia, who was the regent. And her position had been weakened by two unsuccessful Crimean campaigns against the Crimean Khanate, which was a Crimean, which was like the longest of really the successors to the Mongol Khanates and a heir to the Golden Horde. And then this was an attempt to basically stop the Crimeans from raiding the south of Russia and when Sofia learned that he was planning to depose her, she conspired with some of the Strotsky military who ended up basically causing some disorder and were, pl- and were planning essentially some type of method to over her overthrow or assassinate him. Just various ideas to basically get him out of power. However, some of the Strotsky's would actually, Strutsies would warn him. So we ended up escaping in the middle of the night. To a monastery. At Troitsey Sergeyeva Lavra. Which. Was essentially impenetrable. Partially due to the fact that it is considered. To be the most important Russian monastery. And is considered to be the spiritual center. Of the Russian Orthodox Church. And once there he gained a lot of. Adherents, all these people like. Okay, I think Peter's going to come out on top, so we're just going to kind of come to him, curry favor, and eventually Sophia would be overthrown as regent, and Peter the first and Ivan the fifth would continue to act as co czars, and she would enter, and Sophia would be forced to enter a convent, where she would give up her name and position. However, even though Peter had essentially overthrown his regent and gained equal status to his brother he still could not actually control russian affairs his mother natalia narishina would still control affairs and it was only that when natalie would natalia would die in 1694 that peter who at that point was 22 would become an independent sovereign and of course his brother would also then die in 1696 making him the sole ruler why Peter was only 24 then it turns out Peter would actually be pr- extremely tall as an adult especially for his time period he was six foot eight or two meters and he was usually ta- usually a head a abo- a head above or m- even taller than most of his contemporaries however he really he lacked he lacked the like proportional build really that a lot of those like six feet eight people would have back then. He, his hands and feet were quite small, and he had very narrow shoulders. And he also had a pretty small head. And that during his youth, Peter would befriend various foreigners. And as a result, he would kind of meet a lot of, get a lot of foreign perspectives. Now, I'm we'll talking a bit about P- Peter's reign. So, Peter would implement sweeping reforms, with the intention, of course, to mod- modernize Russia. So, as I mentioned, he didn't talk to a lot of foreigners, and and many of his devices would actually come from western europe and this would have, this means he would have a heavy influence by them yeah and one of his main goals was to was to make russia a maritime power as he wanted to so that way as he wanted to ensure that they could be much stronger However, he did face quite a bit of opposition to much of his modernization and a lot of blowback because some people didn't really like change. Dude, and, but he was very good at suppressing rebellions against his authority. admittedly he was quite brutal in how he went about it. He was uprising by the Stroutskys, the Baskir people who, are, who live in what is somewhat of he live in a province of Russia, the Ashstrahan, which was a city in southern Russia. And of course, the greatest uprising he ever faced—the Bulavin Rebellion, which was when a a large number of Cossacks ended up revolting against him, and actually organized together pretty well. But he's able to push all these down. To think it that Peter was known for also implementing imp, implementing social modernization. However, he did this in a very absolute manner. As he worked, he basically said, "Okay." My court must dress in the French and Western dress, so, you know, eh, shirts, pants. He also required basically anyone who worked for the state or the military to shave their beards and adopt modern clothing. In one way that he achieved monetization, that he actually added something known as a, a t- beard tax. Let's see, if you had a long beard or robes, you would get taxed. I think that was that in addition to, in addition to his plan for westernizing Russia through purely political, through his own means, he also tried to Westernized Russia through basically having other members of his family marry Russian royalty, and though in the past this idea really Russians really didn't want to do this. He was able to do this successfully. He was able to, for example, get the Duke of Corlin, Frederick William, to marry his Peter's niece, he, and then he used this wedding to launch his new capital, Saint Petersburg, where he would. Build various Westernized palaces and project and buildings, which he would actually build using Western build architects from Germany and Italy. Thing was that he also, in addition to westernizing his nation politically and culturally, he would also try to do it industrially. He started an industrialization effort, which was somewhat slow, but would be eventually successful. And he ended up making it, basing their industries around iron and mining of various materials and lumber, and then improved his nation's position on the sea as part of his goal of making himself a maritime power, he really wanted to gain more, time, more maritime outlets, as at this point his only really real major outlet slash port was in the White Sea, and there's not what the White Sea is. So, there is this place, so, if you look at uh, Finland and Sweden, there's this little peninsula that kind of juts out, that's known as the Kola Peninsula, right under that and kind of, fi- between Finland and Russia and that Kola Peninsula, that's known as the White Sea, and that's his only port at Archangelus, and at that point, it was very cold, and it was not very good, as the sometimes the water would free over, and at this point, he wanted to try to expand out to either the Baltic or Black Sea, preferably both. At the time, the Swedish controlled the Baltic Sea, and the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea were controlled by the Ottomans and Safavids, and he would attempt to contain control of the Black Sea, which would which would require him to expel all the tartars from those surrounding areas the tartars of course were all these different ethnic groups and this and as part and basically as part of this agreement with Poland that would cede Kiev to Russia as he wanted the Kiev at that point he wanted the Kiev province and he kind of wanted to get access to that chunk of the black sea he was forced to wage war against the Crimean Khan and against their and against the overlord of the Relay the Khan, the Ottoman Sultan. And his primary goal at this point was to capture the Ottoman Fortress of Azov. Azov, Which it was in a pretty important area near the Don River. And he actually ended up in engaging an entire campaign. It's actually a series of campaigns known as the Azov campaigns. Two separate campaigns. Both of which failed. And as a result, this he would return to Moscow in sixteen ninety five, and began to build a large navy. And would actually next time he launched his campaign, he would accompany with thirty ships, which allowed him to capture Azov the next year in sixteen ninety six. And two years later, he would officially form the first Russian navy base at Taganrog. And then talk a bit about his grand embassy. thing to know is that. Peter realized that his plan to face the Russian Empire wouldn't really work by himself, so on 1690, 1697, he would travel in, not necessarily in disguise, but oftentimes in using a false name on an 18th month journey with a large, large Russian delegation throughout Western Europe, known as the Grand Embassy. And though he did use a fake name, he wasn't really able to escape anyone, the fool anyone, because he was very tall and noticeably tall considering the fact that he was one of the only 6-8 emperors really around. And one of his goals was essentially to seek the aid of the European monarchs. But this was not really effective as at this point the French were the traditional allies of the Ottomans. And the Austrians really wanted to keep peace in the east as they were busy warring in the west. In addition... He had chose a pretty bad moment, as at this point, the rest of Western Europe was really concerned with this war of Spanish succession over who's going to succeed the king of Spain, as that was really important to the balance of power. However, he continued uh, his trip nonetheless, and he actually learned quite a bit. As for example, when he visited the Netherlands, he would learn much about life in Western Europe. He would study shipbuilding and and visit various various upper-class families, and he would even later Acquire a collection of art and coins from a man known as Jacob de Wild, which I think is just kind of a cool little detail. I think there's that he would also he would even be able to gain significant experience as a man named Nicolas Whitson would actually mediate between him and the Dutch internet company. Think does that Nicolas Wilson at this point Witson, he was the mayor of Amsterdam, which is a which is a very big city in the Netherlands. And, the, and an expert on Russia, and as a result, the star would gain the opportunity to gain not only theoretical, but practical experience in shipbuilding, and he would work in the largest shipyard in the world at the time, which belonged to the Dust East India Company for four months, and he would help build a constru- an East Indian ship specifically laid down for him, and it was like Peter and Paul, and during his stay, he would engage all types of skilled workers and men who we really wanted to learn this like well, how what they did so things like locksmiths people who would build fortresses shipwrights seamen and including a man who was Cornelius Cruz who would actually become a vice admiral who would li- and then later the ad- uh, Tsar's advisor for maritime issues and he Peter would later use this knowledge of course to help him build Russian's, Russia's navy. He would also visit a surgeon known as Fritjot Roars. Who taught him some, very, some dentistry. And interestingly a couple of other men such as painters. He would also meet a man known as John Van der Hayden. Who invented the fire hose. And he actually received Peter as a visitor. And Peter was actually pretty eager to learn about the fire hose. And the idea like okay this should be very useful. And he would eventually organize a farewell party and leave the Netherlands for England, where he would meet the king, visit several different colleges at Oxford and Greenwich. And he would all. And while in England, he would really focus on their city building, and also would look at a couple of their different navies, and kind of some of their good colleges, like previously mentioned. And then later they would go to various cities... Leipzig, Dresden, Prague, Vienna. And he would visit various emperors and kings. However, his trip was cut short in 1698 as he had to return home. As the Streltskis had once again rebelled, however, this was crushed pretty quickly before he even got home. However, he was very ruthless towards those who had rebelled and he ended up executing almost over 1,200 rebels and disbanding and disbanding. Those who had been who had the Corp. In addition, they also deported many. And Sophia, who had, so thing to know, chronologically speaking, what happened now happened technically really after part of his early life. The chronology, I probably could have done this in a neat way chronologically, but Sophia was supposed to become a known nun. And then later on, he would also, Peter would send a delegation to Malta to. Observe and kind of learn about the Knights of Malta, and it was this embassy that in this 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 great embassy that basically got him all those ideas and this is basically the reason that he chose to implement all these new things on the Russians and he would even change the calendar in sixteen ninety nine he would change the date of the celebration of the new year from the first of September to the first of January as to in in the traditional Russian system they would do years from the purported day of the earth's creation but peter changed it to count count the new year from the really the birth of christ and in addition the (laughs) he would adopt the julian calendar rather than the russian calendar and soon enough peter would engage in some pretty big conflicts for example he would make a temporary peace with the ottomans that would let him keep his captured fort to dissolve so that he could turn his attention to northern naval supremacy so we ended up seeking to require the Baltic Sea, which had been taken by the Swedish Empire about half a century earlier, and he would declare war on Sweden, which at this point was led by the young King Charles the Twelfth, and Sweden had a lot of other enemies the Denmark, Norway, Saxony, and the Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth. However, Russia was ill prepared really to seize this Baltic coast, or even fight the Swedes as their first attempt at taking the coast, failed at the battle of Narva, and after the battle, Charles the Twelfth ended up inside of that, rather than going against the Russians. For now, I'm going to focus on the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, which did give Sweden just give Peter the time to reorganize his army in order to fight Sweden, and why the Poles and the Swedes just went back and forth. Peter would found his city of Saint Petersburg in a province of Sweden that he captured, and and he named it after Saint Peter. And this would become his. He wanted this to become his new capital, and he would actually forbid stone nations from building any little, any stone edifices outside of Saint Petersburg, so that every single stone mason could participate in the construction of the new city. And Saint Petersburg would serve as the capital of Russia for um, up until almost nineteen eighteen, except for a brief period where it was not. It's so knows that the Polish king would eventually abdicate during the Northern War after several different defeats, and at this point. Charles XII of Sweden to turn his attention back to Russia. And he would invade it in 1708. And he would end up defeating Peter at the, at the Battle of Gol- Golovitchin. But would the then lose at the Battle of Lesnaya. And after losing his reinforcements due to his defeat at the Battle of Lesnaya, Charles was forced to retreat temporarily. Well, not retreat, but abandon his plans to try to march on Moscow. And at this point, rather than retreating, Charles the XII tried to invade you. Ukraine and Peter ended up using a scorched earth tactic and withdrawing at the same time, and this ended up forcing the Swedish to halt their advance for the almost entirety of the winter. And why they would resume in that summer, they would attempt their attempts to capture the Russian chunk of Ukraine would fail after the Battle of Poltava, and this battle would force Charles to move to the south to seek refuge in the Ottoman Empire. And at this point, the Russian had essentially defeated what is considered to be one of the greatest militaries at the time, and this would this would overturn the view that Russia was incompetent as a military nation, and he would also in the king of Poland would also be restored to the throne. thing notice that, that is that Peter did actually underestimate the amount of support he would really receive from his Balkan allies. And soon enough, he would attack the Ottoman War Empire in the Russo-Turkish War, and this campaign would be disastrous. And as a result of this really disaster of of war, he was forced to accept some unfair terms in his treaty. Really, he was forced to abandon the the ports he had previously seized, but in return, he did get Charles the Twelfth expelled from Turkey. I think of that. Normally, while Peter was gone, the the boyar duma, which is just basically this. Governing group of all the nobles would have exercised power, however, Peter didn't really trust the boyars, so he created something known as the Senate, which would have had 10 members, and this was the highest state institution who would basically just supervise all the stuff, and why this was originally intended, just to be there while he was gone, this would soon become a permanent body. They would also have a special high official known as the Uber Oberprokurator, who would essentially serve as a link between the ruler and the Senate. And the Senate would make all these decisions, but all these different laws that they would like to have. And Peter would pass them with a signature. And this, and the Senate would soon become probably one of the most important institutions in Imperial Russia. As now you have this body that can help make laws If the king. So now it's not just the king. So if you need something and the king's is busy, you can still get things done. And it also frees up the king to have more time to spend you. On other non really governing matters, and to work more on expanding his empire, which is definitely beneficial for him and for and for Russia too. And at this point, Peter's northern armies would take the Swedish province of Livonia. This is basically what is now Latvia and Estonia. I think the middle chunks of southern Estonia and northern Latvia, and they would force the Swedes into Finland. And by seventeen fourteen, they would win a battle. At Gengut. And they would occupy much of Finland. And between 6- 1716 and 1717. The Tsar would revisit the Netherlands. And see the. Uh. The, see a man was Hermann Borheve. Who was considered to be one of the modern doctors. And he would also visit a couple of other areas. And he would gain the existence of several different. Several different little groups. And nations. Such as the Electorate of Hanover. The Kingdom of Prussia. And his war against the Swedes. And. Tsar had a strong enough Navy that they could get into Sweden however Charles the 12th refused to yield and that and the war was not really looking like it would end but at eventually Charles the 12th would die in battle in 1718 and this would make peace feasible and eventually after a battle near land Sweden After the Battle of Nereland, Sweden would make peace with all the powers but Russia by 1720 In 1721. The Treaty of Nystad would end the Great Northern Ward, and Russia would extend it. Russia would acquire Ingria, which is this area that's kind of located along the southern shore of the Gulf of Finland. They would get Estonia, they would get Livonia, and they would also get a su- substantial chunk of Karelia. In it. And in return, Russia would pay $2 million Reichs dollar, which was just a Swedish coin, and they would surrender most of Finland, but they would retain a good chunk of it. And in Peter's later years, he would really just continue on his reform, and soon enough, on the October on the twenty second of October, seventeen twenty one, he would be officially proclaimed the Emperor of all of Russia. They thing to know that he was is that Peter was recognized as emperor by several different groups and. Such as the leader of Poland, the leader of Prussia and Sweden, but many other monarchs didn't really want to. Think to know is that back then the idea of emperor really meant like. <laughs> you essentially, people felt that emperor implied supremacy over the kings, and several rulers that feel that, oh, he's the emperor. He's going to claim that he has authority over us, just like the Holy Roman Emperor has says that he has authority over all the Christians. Think to know is that. In seventeen seventeen, there would be an expedition into the in in against the Khanate in Central Asia at the Khanate of Kviva. This ended in a complete disaster. Think knows that Peter would also end up. Peter would end up dismantling, the, provinces government in Livonia in order to kind of integrate it more into his own empire. He just did a lot of little things. Think knows that he would also end up establishing colleges. In instead of like all these central agencies of government, you have all these colleges, you got foreign affairs, war, Navy, expense, income, justice inspection, would later add others. And the way this works is that each college, rather than being an educational institution, really it would be more like, okay, you got a president, you got a vice president, you got all these counselors, you got a procurator. And they would also have some foreigners, but in some of them, but they would never be the position of president. And he would also eventually create something known as the table of ranks, which was this new order of precedent, and this helped, essentially, keep the boyars from becoming too powerful. As Peter really didn't was not super trusting of the boyars, and he really wanted to kind of deprive them of those high ranking positions that they had held. So he said, "Okay, precedence. It's all about your merit and service." And he also, Peter would also decide that all and noble all noble all noble children should have some early education, especially in science. So. It, he would issue a decree in February 1714 where he's like, okay, compulsory education for all 10 to 15-year-old children of nobility and government officials, really. You gotta learn basic math and geometry. And And soon enough, the great Persian Empire, the Safavid Empire, was in in pretty deep deep decline and soon enough to take advantage of the situation, Peter would launch the Russo-Persian War. Of seventeen twenty three to seventeen twenty two, seventeen twenty two to seventeen twenty three, which drastically increases influence in the Caucasus and Caspian region, and prevent the Ottoman Empire from making territorial gains in the region. And after considerable success in the capture of many provinces and cities in the Caucasus, and in northern mainland Persia, the Safavids had to hand over a significant chunk of territories. However, most of these territories would be returned after only twelve years as part of two territories that make the Russians and Persians allies against the Ottoman Empire. Peter would also introduce new taxes. That way he could fund really these improvements. He would replace land and tax land and household taxes with something that a poll tax, which is instead of really being what you think it is, which is a tax on voting, as it is today, it was just a tax, okay, every single person pays blank money. They knows that that there were th- the taxes on land at that point were only payable really by the landowners, so you would see really just your your really your wealthy aristocrats paying them. But now these new head taxes, everyone has to pay them, which means more stable and more money. Really, in addition, Peter would also build a grand palace n- known as Peterhof in Saint Petersburg. This would become known as the Russian Versailles, and this place. And it today is actually considered to be a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And it is... I'm going to talk a little bit about this. This is basically this pretty massive array of gardens and little buildings that makes up a pretty big palace, not castle, sorry. It has some facades, it has fountains, and all types of cool stuff, which I think is interesting. However, eventually, Peter the Great would die, as all generals and all people do. And... In the winter of 1723, Peter would end up having some issues with his, um, some, like, various issues and starting to have some illnesses. And in 1724, the doctors would perform some surgeries, and he would remain bedridden until, like, very early October of 1724. And in that first, really, in that first week, he would end up ordering this very lengthy inspection tour, of all these various projects and according to the legend the popular legend of his death in november he was at lakata which is along the finnish gulf and specced some high-end works he saw a group of soldiers drowning in the water and he and he tried to wade into the waste the water to rescue them and some say that the icy water rescue would have made his bladder problems worse and caused his death however some people seem pretty skeptical as only one man is known to have chronicled this and it seems that and people think that more people probably would have chronicled that. I think was that early in January 1725 Peter would be struck with something with uh something known as uremia which is basically when you have a bunch of urea which is this waste product in your urine and not in your urine but in your blood and he would have and he would die on the 8th of February 1725 and he would reveal to be gangrenous. So I'm going to talk a little bit about his Legacy. Actually, I'll talk a little bit about, so, religion first. So, Peter was a deeply religious Russian Orthodox man, but he was pretty skeptical of the church. So, he ended up really kind of re-changing the, reforming the religion as well. He also ended up changing the way that you could join the monasteries. He said that, okay, you cannot join a monastery before the age of 50, as he felt that too many of these able men were being wasted on this monastery work. And of course, he, Peter Great would have two wives and fourteen children. Only three of whom would survive to adulthood. And that his first wife, of course, he ended up sending into a convent. His second wife would we know how would eventually take the name Catherine. They notice that he actually ended up imprisoning one of his own children for an attempted coup or a suspicion of an attempted coup. And he almost executed him, but he hesitated. And the man eventually died, anyways. I'll talk a little bit the legacy, so Peter's legacy. Russian intellectuals, interestingly, have always been pretty concerned with his legacy. He's a very big deal to them. Think about that he that one specific man, Rice of Risan Novaksky, talks about how this really there's this kind of dichotomy in the way he's treated. You got this man of like he's great, but he's also bad. He's this educated, but he's also this kind of uninformed man. He's the tech. is this man who is really, he's the architect of the the new great Russia. But at the same time, he destroyed the national. He changed the national culture. Kind of got rid of lots of it. He's the father of his country. At the same time, he instituted policies which definitely taxed the modern man a lot more. So there's definitely a lot of different takes on the man. For example, Voltaire did a biography that made him that basically made him a man of the enlightenment while alexander pushkin would do a poem called the bronze horseman which gave this this image of essentially him as this almost creator of gods and and some more pro slavic or some people would end up angry at him because they felt that he westernized russian that he kind of took away some of their slavic culture and his various other things happened however he would and eventually, he would also be viewed negatively just because of the fact that the Russian dynasties would eventually really. His successes would not be as good as him, to be honest, in terms of leadership. And he would definitely not be really. So he does get some judgment the fact that his leaders were not as good. However, he did definitely draw some praise by some of the communists, even though they did not necessarily like his, aunt, his descendants. For example, Stalin. Strongly admire, actually, no, sorry. Some communist historians were really negative of the dynasty as a whole, but Stalin himself and a couple of those other Russian leaders would actually really like him. For example, Stalin very admired how- admired him greatly for how he managed to strengthen the state, World war time, the state basically, and all of their administration, improving diplomacy, industry, education, and just everything. He actually wrote, I'm going to quote this, when Peter the Great, who had to deal with more developed countries in the West, feverishly built works and factories and supplying the army and strengthening the country's defenses, this was an original effort, attempt to leap out of the framework of backwardness. And as a result of this, interestingly, the Russians would emphasize him both as this great man, but also this man who really didn't help the people and kind of oppressed them, which definitely contributes to that dichotomy, I feel. The thing to know is that, after the fall of communism... Peter would get a very, a, really a new appraisal now that, oh look, the old historians are gone, we see what else we can really look at how, how. And I think that, that his reign is now seen as a very decisive formation event that basically really made Russia into its empire. And many ideas have, new ideas have emerged, such as these ideas of, okay, did you strengthen the autocratic state, or is the Russian r- Tsarist regime not that much of a state, given its very small bureaucracy? But all in all, he will definitely be remembered for a lot of history and many of you that say that he was a very important driving force behind modernization. In conclusion, Peter the Great was a Russian man who, after ascending to the throne, after the death of his father and having to deal with several different issues, including rebellion, would lead Russia into greatness as an empire rather than just a czarate. and why he would see some setbacks in various wars, he would also gain significant territories and would ex- bring russia and in really into europe and make it really a european nation rather than its own thing thanks for listening folks and this was the random history podcast